the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse, where we encourage you to think big and act bigger. Along with your help, Cornerstone Transitional Housing is here to break the cycle of homelessness in the greater San Diego area and help men and women get control of their lives. As long as poverty, injustice, and inequality exist, none of us can truly rest. Now, here's your hosts, John, Ed, and Blaine. Good evening and welcome to Cornerstone Radio. I'm Pastor John Simon along with Ruthie and we have Stan today. Stan's going to be talking about the homeless and immigration. He's uh, he's running for congressman. So in what district would that be, Stan? That'd be 51. 51. I was going to say 50, but it was 51. So great. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Ruthie, it's always good to see you, hon. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Good. Would um, We always talk about um, opening up in the show is about the homeless and the praise report. Do you have anything that you want to talk about before we start the show? You know, I, I met a new lady out in the park, out at the promenade on Saturday. Her name's Linda, and, um, you know, she didn't know about our ministry, but I told her all about it. I told her that we were there every Saturday. She was excited to hear that, and she was open to prayer, so I got to pray for her. And, you know, she just seemed really touched by that. That's awesome. I know that we're getting a lot of people into homes now. Um, there was a couple of ladies that got into a program where they help pay their first and last month deposit and then sticks them into a home. And then they, after that, start paying for the rent after that. So it's really good to see that people are uh, being touched by God out there. But also, did you, um, did you, um, did, who was it out there that said that, um, that they keep their prayer life going? It was that girl that's out there. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did I did talk to one of the ladies. Um, I can't it's, it's, I can't, I can't remember, remember her name, name right now, Sorry. but she's been saying that she's been praying a lot. She's and been that, praying and feels like God is answering her prayers. Yes, yes. And, and that God has been answering out there. Yeah, so hallelujah. Praise God on that. Would you got a scripture to go in with so we can open up? I do, yeah. I'd like to share from uh, from Luke 2. Um, starts in verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Amen on that. And, um, you know, this is the season and the reason why it's because of what Jesus done on Calvary. And a lot of people say, you know what? I don't know if God really does care for me. And I want to go with uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is what it says. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. 
And so God has plans for every and each one of us, and he does not force his will upon us. What he does, he gives us a chance to invite him into his life, to ask him to come into our our hearts, and then he can open doors for you. So if you think that um, God's God's not like a genie where you just rub the bottle and he actually just peers and does stuff for you. What he does, he wants you to invite him in, have a relationship with him, and then he will help you provide for you. His name is Jehovah Jireh the provider and he loves providing because first of all he demonstrates how much he does care for you and what he does want you to have a good life he doesn't <clears throat> excuse me doesn't want you to live in poverty and you might say well i've been struggling all this time we all go through it i think that's builds character in our lives and um and when we get character we then understand how to focus and uh, meet our needs if we spend foolishly we're going to end up being foolish out there on the streets. If we spend wisely, then we can. But God gives you the wisdom to help you get through certain things like that. So that's what God laying on my heart um, to put out there today. So I don't know if someone's struggling or maybe you're having a financial difficulty. It could be maybe a relationship difficulty. It could be family. Um, it could be a little bit of everything. I just want to let you know God does have a plan for you. Just invite him into your life and let him work with you. And I think if he, I know if you if you do that, he can help you during certain things like that. You're right, John. God is a loving father, and he is the best gift giver. And he gave us his greatest gift. He gave us the gift of his son, his son Jesus. You know, he chose to leave the glories of heaven and 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 be born as a human baby in probably what was a smelly stable mm-hmm. and uh and, and, and he came to save us and and to give us life and life abundantly a lot of people don't know that they don't know that he was in a manger you know he was in a, in a trough actually yeah, it was a, a you're right a, 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 a feeding trough to feed cattle yes yeah, yeah. that's what a manger is <laughs> it sure was and everything was in there the smells and everything else that goes along smells, with it yeah. but yeah it's really interesting about that but you know um that leads me to the next point uh with stan today stan i'm so happy to have you on the show god puts people in leadership positions for a reason and i think it is to do the works for the lord in a lot of ways but also to um, give direction towards our country too and um so i know i got some questions Dan, for you today would you go ahead and open up and introduce yourself to the audience well first of all thank you very much for having me today uh i've only been in politics a brief period of time and i jumped in because i'm very concerned about what's going on in our country uh, i also want to commend you and those that of people of faith that reach out and talk about politics Uh, There are too many places of worship that want to avoid it or are hesitant about it. And, you know, freedom of religion is an important freedom that we have under our Constitution. And I think that leaders uh, in the faith community need to start stepping forward before it's too late. Having said that, um, there, there are just a number of things that are upsetting me today. I think that our Constitution is in jeopardy. I really, really believe that people need to stand up. I think that they're concerned about being censored or, uh, you know, canceled. Uh, I don't want people to lose their jobs. Uh, I don't want people to get their feelings hurt. But at some point, if 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 we are on the precipice of of losing our freedoms, then people are going to have to find the courage to step up and start getting involved and saying that 
you know, a lot of what's going on today is simply nonsense. And I'm not, you know, I don't believe it. And I'm going to start telling others the way I truly feel. There are strength in numbers. And if we stick together, I think we can prevail. Absolutely. You know, I, I do get what you're saying. Um, there is, um, I, I get to hear a lot of it too, because um, a lot of people I hear that um, could be family, associates, friends, whoever it may be, they always complain about themselves. Well, if this ain't happening, this ain't happening, the government's let me down in this, or this is happening, or that's happening. But I don't see, like what you say, a lot of people standing up and really addressing the problem, or going to their congressman, our lady, and asking them, Look, enough's enough. We want you to go and be the voice for us. And so, and I know a lot because of, you know, I hear some people from immigration. They talk about a lot of the immigration and what's going on right now. So, I mean, what would you say to someone's out there on the state, uh, out there listening to the show right now saying, well, what would you do or how would you tackle the immigration problem? Could you maybe use- uh, absolutely, and it's a huge issue. And I, I want to start at the top in, in Washington D.C. Uh, I have talked to Border Patrol agents, and I'm saying, "What is going on? When I get to Washington, how can I help you?" And they literally say that the laws are on the books; they're not being enforced, and our chiefs are being told to stand down. I mean, I'm going to repeat that. Our chiefs are being told not to enforce immigration law. So we're reduced to, you know, babysitters. Mm. I, I, it, this is astounding. But it starts at the top with a guy by the name of Mayorkas, the DHS secretary. If he is, in fact, telling them violate our constitutional laws, then, in my opinion, he's a traitor. And it's people like that that ruin countries, that destroy civilizations, that destroy law and order so we can have a civilized society. Mm -hmm. And the essence of all this is that it's overrunning our country. It's destroying our infrastructure. It's putting pressure on law-abiding citizens of our country. We are, our citizens are being reduced to second class behind illegals. This absolutely has to stop. So what would I do? You know, everybody can talk about it, but what are some solutions? You have to close that border tight, and you have to start saying we're having legal immigration only like we have for the last 250 years. I mean, this is people from all over the world who are coming in unvetted. We don't know who they are. Um, I, you, you know there's some terrorists in there. You know there's drug dealers in there. You know there's pimps in there. Everything they can do to destroy this country, they are doing. So you seal that border. Okay. If, if, if I may stop you there for a second, um, Stan. Now, I think some people would totally agree with you, but there's others who would probably say, hey, wait a minute. We got people that are coming across the border. You're not talking about shutting the whole border down. You're just talking about shutting it down so that they cannot get past security. Is that what you're saying? Is Because um, you, you, you don't want to shut the whole thing down because we have people that are American citizens living in Mexico coming to work here well, in America. Well, well, that's right. If they have credentials, that's fine. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just uh, wanted to make sure that, yeah. So Thanks for making that clear. Uh, but, yes, if you have 8 million people sneaking into this country, you don't know who they are and where they are. And I will tell you, if I were in charge, when I'm in Washington, I'm going to put forward some laws that say, 
I want these people investigated, vetted. I don't care how long it takes. And if they should not be here, I want them deported immediately. As well as why in the heck are we funding illegal felons that are in our prison system? Why don't we deport them? I, 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 I'm at a loss for why we are doing this other than there has to be a plan that is deliberate to weaken and destroy this country. Otherwise, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't be doing it. Right. Would you be a voice for the Border Patrol? Absolutely. In fact, I've you know got some friends there. And uh, I, I've asked them, what can we do? And with the help of one of the 22-year veterans, I have actually drafted a comprehensive immigration bill, which basically says you will enforce existing laws and you will have harsh penalties from Mayorkas on down to anyone that violates those laws. And this, in, this is also businesses that hire illegals, and this is illegals that take uh, payments. And there's no reason that any illegal in this country should be getting our welfare dollars. We have too many people today that are hungry, and we're going to get into the homeless in a minute. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one of the reasons there's pressure on, on, on people today to make ends meet, is because when you have millions of people that, and the government's paying for them to have places to live, food to eat, health care, and put them in the educational system, that, that's too much pressure on the infrastructure, and it, it weakens the services that are available for our citizens. Yes, I get it because I see um, on the news we'll hear about up there in Acumba, um, uh, but it's also in New York. Oh yeah, and over in Chicago, they're having a lot of problems with the immigration that went there and how they're trying to keep them um, into a shelter or feeding them and that. So, absolutely, that's a thing. That, um, what uh, we have a new camp and stuff there in Hakumba too. So, would you be putting them into a shelter, or how would you how would you work with them? Well, first of all, vet them. I mean, who are they? I mean, look, we can only do so much for the world's population. You know, with open doors right now, I'm surprised there's not a billion people coming here, and there may be. I mean, if you take people, and there, I think there are 8 billion on the planet, and you say, come here and we're going to give you free uh, health care, free homes, free food, free transportation, free cell phones, free, 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 okay? Mm-hmm. Well, who wouldn't come here? Yeah. And in fact, if I am the uh, premier or president or whatever of any country in the world, you know what I would do? I'd say, here's a one-way ticket. I would say to the people that are unemployed, the people that are in mental institutions, the people that are in jails, I'd say, here, here's a one-way ticket. Go to America. They'll take care of you. And boy, I would have a nice, prosperous, healthy country. I mean, why wouldn't people do that? Absolutely. I, I totally get it. I get what you're saying, Stan. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that do understand that. We are um, – the system is broke. We all know that. And we see it uh, constantly on the news. Um, Ruthie, um, not to get away from immigration real quick, I just want to jump on to the homeless. I know Ruthie has some questions. for you got anything? Yeah, yes. I want to add one more thing. Okay. Uh, you know, really to uh, finish this thing off mm-hmm. and to make sure that we handle it properly, I want the drug cartels – destroyed Mm -hmm. i want them annihilated both in the united states and then i want our military to cross the border and go into mexico okay i mean you know we're the united states of america and it's time that mexico worked with us 
and I want those labs destroyed, and I want anybody that pushes drugs on a child and kills them, I want them to get the death penalty. It's time we got serious and took care of this. Absolutely. I do understand about that with that fentanyl. It is killing lots and lots of people. I see it out there on the streets, working with the homeless, um, a lot of fentanyl overdoses, and some make it and some don't. That's so, that's so true. Ruthie, I know you got some questions for the homelessness um, for Stan. Would you want to go ahead and open up? Sure. Yeah. Um, homelessness is a, a real problem here in California, and not just here in San Diego, but throughout our state. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of problems with with mental illness and and drug abuse on the streets. But there's also a lot of people that have just fallen on hard times. They've Mm. lost their job. They couldn't pay their rent. Now they're living in their car. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. If you had ideas for work programs or or housing assistance and um, how you might address some of those problems. Yeah, we've already alluded to some of the issues Uh, when you have, you know, too many people uh, trying to get into too few uh, area homes or groceries or what if it's going to push the prices of all those things up that puts pressure on people that do not make enough money to have you know a, a nice home or get food or go to the hospital and that's where our citizens are struggling and i'm sure that's pushed a lot of people into homelessness i view the homeless situation as in, in two parts, actually, uh, there's a large majority that have issues with mental health and with drug addiction. And I feel that a lot of them really are not in control of themselves and they need someone to direct them and to see that they get the right treatment and rehabilitation and given a chance to get back into society. So my laws that I've written incorporate what I refer to as medical treatment centers. And in those medical treatment centers, I say I want the police to be authorized to pick people up off the street because it's not compassionate for people to live on the street. And not only is it not compassionate for them, it's not compassionate for our citizens. And I'm going to keep referring to our American citizens because they are law-abiding, they pay taxes, and they live in our country to make it better. And it's not fair to them to have people that are on the streets that, you know, may do criminal acts, may deface their property. It's just not healthy. And quite frankly, these people are a menace to a healthy, prosperous society. Okay. Having said that, let's be compassionate with them. Let's give them the free services that they need. Properly diagnosis, uh, properly treat them, give them job training, give them every benefit. But... We're going to have an independent medical review board that says, I think this person is now ready to be reintegrated into our society. Let's give them a chance now. We're not going to let these people decide when they come and go, come and go, come and go. Maybe they want to go get drugs during the day. Who knows? That's not where it's at. Okay, let me take the other part of the group that are just down on their luck. They're having economic issues, and they may be temporary, hopefully. But anybody that tries deserves a helping hand. And if you – you know how they have these voucher motels or these nice camped areas. That's where I would put people that are down on their luck having uh, uh, economic issues, hopefully temporary. But let's give them some job training. Help them with job placement. Help them along. Help them get back on their feet. So I would treat these two groups differently, 
distinctly, and I think that you would see that you would get better results overall. Okay. Um, would you, or when you were talking just there a little bit ago about um, the homeless with mental health issues, are you talking about opening up asylums again, um, like what they did with the Reagan years when they shut them down with Nancy and that? Or is that what you're talking about, opening them up again? Or what do you, what do you? Yes. I, 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 I you know, did not, you know, investigate any of those facilities at the time. Right. But the, but the concept is the same. It's giving them the treatment that, is necessary because sometimes they don't even know what treatment they need. Mm-hmm. And again, I, you've got to get to the point where they want to reintegrate and decide, look, let me be blunt here. They have had jails ever since, you know, the Greeks and Romans. There's a reason that societies have jails because some people in society just don't fit in. Now, people don't want to face that, but that's the reality. If somebody kills a family member of yours, well, he shouldn't be allowed to stay on the street to do it again or even not to do it again. He ought to be punished. And so there are certain people based on you know where they are in society that for some reason just don't fit in. And for that reason, they are isolated. Now, if it's a criminal act, they're isolated in a jail. If, you know, they're mentally ill, maybe they should be isolated for a little while in some type of institution or treatment center where they can get the help they need. Gotcha. Ruthie? Um, So would you expand then on the existing um, programs that are out there for, for the homeless? Or, or would you would you start all over? Well, uh, in, in my opinion, and again, I don't know how many billions have been spent in California over the last few years, like 20 or 25 billion. And what do we got? And, and again, it's the same as putting out, you know, uh, uh, an invitation to the world. We're putting out an invitation to every other state and saying, come to California. We got nice weather. We got sanctuary cities and we'll pay. You know, you can be homeless here and not have to work. Uh, you know, this this doesn't make any sense. And so I just think whatever has been done, and again, I know that people that work with the homeless have good successes in, you know, in, you know, in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And you guys have done a great job helping them with the faith. And that's another thing in, in, in these centers. They should have access to faith. I mean, that's important in, 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 in people turning around. I mean, I will tell you that, you know, the chances are that somebody that's going to burn, loot, steal, smash, and grab are not people of faith. And, you know, so that's good for people. But I just think there needs to be a different approach to this if we want to be effective. You know, um, there was a, that was brought to me before. Um, and we had discussed you in the courts and stuff like that before. Um, when we have someone in, um, that break uh, steals and they're in there stealing for a jacket – and but yet it's stealing and because the temperatures out there are 32 degrees or 45 degrees and it's cold what do we do with that person um he's they're stealing for a reason because they're cold they don't have nothing every case is unique folks you you got to take each case as a, a case of um what was the reasoning why the reason can i justify a person doing that stealing's wrong granted exactly but I guess if you are hungry enough and you are cold enough, you would want you would want to steal to get yourself something to eat or food. We got to take each thing with the grain. I understand that with the thing um, with um, 
on each case basically. But in overall, this is what you're trying to do is trying to get the overall picture so that we can get it. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say, Stan? Is- I, I just think for the benefit of those citizens that are law-abiding, and that's 90% plus, okay, maybe 99%. I think we should give them some priority and help them in our country mm-hmm. maintain their constitutional freedoms, their right to be individuals. Nobody push agendas on them, that they just want to be left alone and prosper and raise their kids in the way they see fit. And uh, I, and I, I hope I don't sound too you know brutal with all this but in order to bring order back to a civilization a society sometimes it calls for pretty strict measures and the current administrations and the local even law enforcement and and the da's that don't enforce the laws have made this a big problem and it needs to be adjusted I I do agree. We do have a broken system. We do need to fix it. And Stan, I know our time's getting short. I'm really enjoying listening to you. This this this, uh, this amount of minutes that we have is not long enough. We need an hour or two to go over everything. Um, you got anything you would like to say before we end the show here? Because it's getting time. We got to say uh, to our sponsors. But is yeah, there anything uh, which you because. Yeah, yeah. I, I will admit I'm a little frustrated. I'm not a career politician. And the things I said today, you probably won't hear from career politicians. OK, and that's why I'm running. I'm running as an independent. OK, I'm not running as a, a Democrat or a Republican because of the mess we have today in our country is because of Democrats and Republicans. Let's start standing up and i want to encourage the listeners i mean you're you know take a few minutes if you like what i had to say go to my website kaplan for congress.com and i'm going to spell it c-a-p like paul l-a-n-f-o-r-c-o-n-g-r-e-s-s dot com and if your freedom, if you think that, you know, you agree with what I'm saying and we are at a tipping point in this country, would you volunteer 30 minutes a week for the next three months between now and the midterm to, to help out and save our country? I love it, Stan. You know, um, it's always a lot of people like to tickle the ear. I'm glad that you're coming right out and saying it. A lot of people need to stand up and fight for our rights. But anyway, folks, this has been a great show. I hope you enjoyed it tonight. Ruthie, would you finish up with the scripture for us? I want to remind everyone to check out our Facebook page, Cornerstone Transitional Housing and Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John. There's a link to our website on there. You can click on the website for more information or to make a donation. Great. You know what? It always says in the Lord, it says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. If you, um, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. We'd like to talk to Javier over Sombreros. Hey, Javier, thank you and your family for supporting us out there with the food. And we also want to give Goodwill a shout out. Kim and Anna, Anna, thank you for helping us out with the clothes. And Stephen Forsythe, the one church, we really appreciate you helping out. And over there, Jeremy over Skyline. Hey, thank you, Jeremy. Well, folks, I hope this is touch your heart i hope this is um stirred you up we need you to call stan let stan know so he can be a voice so folks you god bless you and you have a good night
Thank you for listening to Cornerstone Radio. Join us again next week at the same time as we work together to break the cycle of homelessness, restore hope, and help men and women regain control of their lives. Your generosity, philanthropy, and general contributions are always welcome and will make a positive impact on the lives of those in need every day. Take part in making a difference by visiting cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. That's cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.